Welcome to the Border Collie Gig Podcast. I'm your host, Martina, obsessed like you about Border Collies and dog training. Follow me to know more about this amazing breed and to learn from many inspiring dog professionals on how to make your training journey a success. Good morning, Border Collie Gigs. Thank you for being here for another episode. Um, Today, as you probably see from the title of this episode, I would like to talk about a very controversial um, topic, which is the use of a tennis ball as a daily exercise for your dog. Because this is something that I've uh, I've been... uh, I have to repeat myself many, many times. Um, Every time we have someone new joining my Facebook group, so I have a free Facebook group, which has the same name as the podcast, um, the Border Colleague Community. Um, we do get a lot of um, students coming in there or owners coming in there asking how to help with chasing problems, how to help with a dog that wants to chase everything. And one of the first things that I and my moderators um, want to suggest is to avoid um, playing ball repetitively. And what do we, we notice a lot in um, Border Collie owners is that using a ball as a daily exercise is something that is very much, um, um, you know, it's something very common. So using a tennis ball as exercise for your dog every single day, it's something that happens. If you go to a local park, you'll see that happening um, every single day and you'll see the same dogs over and over again, maybe even more than once a day, chase this ball over and over again. Now, there are many, many different reasons why I don't suggest doing this or I actually tell my students that come working with me to stop that immediately. Um, so in this podcast, I'd like to talk about why. And I will talk about also how do I use tennis balls because I'm not completely removing balls from my dog's life. I do use them a lot and I use them in a structured way that um, provides, you know, that provides that I know exactly. Um, I, don't, I don't do it. I don't overdo it. And I use it in a structured way. So I use it as part of their training. I don't use it as part of their exercise, which is a bit different. So first thing I'd like to say that I'm not medically trained so I'm not going to go too much into details and I'm going to read out loud to you and then link to you the page some of um, pictures that the canine arthritis management page has shared and I share every now and then on all my social media Um, by the way if you want to reach out to me um, I have a Facebook page the Border Collie Geek uh, podcast. Um, unfortunately, Border Collie is written all together on the Facebook page um, and also on the Facebook group. Facebook doesn't allow me to space Border and Collie out. Um, don't ask me why I can't reach Facebook, so that can't be changed for now. Um, but you can reach out if you want to comment about this podcast or ask me question or suggest a podcast um, episode as well. I've got a list full of um subjects for the next podcast for future podcasts but you can also reach out and say to me can you talk about this please because I would like to know more and I'll be happy to do that Um, or if you have a guest that you want to suggest I'll be happy to reach out and interview them. Um, So first thing I would like to say is that we need to be aware that our dogs are growing and developing their joints and muscles up to a year old ish 
Border Collies are a medium-sized dog, so their joints, their long bones um, grow up to so something like a year, um, to the point that official x-rays for um, dogs' reproduction um, on stud dogs and breeding bitches are suggested when the dog is one year and one day. I personally prefer to leave it a bit longer, um, especially if I have a big dog that grow grew quite a lot and fast and I know there is some develop development still to have but that's what med what vets recommend so you can say from a medical point of view that after a year your dog's joints should have closed and finished growing your long dogs your long bones um, the dog's long bones um, should be finished growing so the dog's skeleton has formed the muscles are not so in order to do high activity, high intensity activity, I make sure that my dogs are also developing the right amount of muscles and their exercise, um, and that is mainly um, free running and walking, is actually helping them build in those muscles in order to then support the high activity, the high intensity activities. So these high intensity activities can be frisbee, can be ball, can be agility, can be obedience, can be swimming. Um, if they swim very fast, it can be anything that is in high intensity uh, or even coming and running with you like honey cross and everything. Um, so if you do any ball play before your dogs finish growing and their muscles are supporting those joints and bones, then you're potentially injuring your young dog and actually potentially um, interfering with how well that growth of long bones and joints is going. So we need to be aware of this because um, if you then find out that your dog has elbow or hips dysplasia in the future because of pain or behavior problems and your behaviorist or trainer asks you to be checked, ask you to check the dog and for pain, you might have caused that by playing ball before they finish growing. And I possibly did with my first dog. I'm not sure. Um, she developed a dysplasia and we found out when she was three. At six months, I x-rayed her to check that she was growing fine. That what we do in Italy. And she was growing fine at six months. Um, she didn't show any sign of hip dysplasia at six months. But then when I x-rayed again at three, because she was showing some signs, then she had one hip with arthritis, very bad arthritis. So we had to change our life and the way she was exercised. So it is possible I caused it. I'll never know. But I do blame myself. And that's why also I want to reach out to all of you and tell you, you know, you can do different. You can avoid that from happening by avoid repetitive ball chasing when you have a young dog. Now, do I do repetitive ball chasing when my dogs are older? I don't. And by repetitive ball chasing, I mean I go out every day or you go out every day and you throw the ball repetitively for a number amount of times that are more than five or six <laughs> in my um, in my experience. Um, so, you know, for maybe even more than once a day because I see that happening all the time. Um, no, I don't. My dogs play with the ball, and they play with the ball in a structured way, in a way that we use ball. I've used ball in the past for competitive obedience as a reward for heel work and proximity training, or as a reward for long, like, stop-at-distance training, where I throw the ball back to my dogs, but is in a controlled way. I never used it for agility because I find that they are going so fast and in a powerful way that throwing a ball in will just cause even more um, 
stops and turns and twisted so i tend not to use it if i use a ball in agility i use a chucket ball no that's not true i use a raw holy roller which is an empty big ball the x large or large that are quite big so it's on the floor my dog can grab it but they don't have to slide stop or bend their neck to get the ball because it's quite raised from the floor and also the holy roller um, is also a great um, way of tugging after so i use it in centwork training because it's a more accurate way to reward the dog after a find so my dogs are sniffing 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 they find the order they're looking for they are indicate to me they found it and as a reward for finding it i throw the ball in um i do that i do use a ball because it's easy it's accurate if i had to throw in a frisbee or a taggy toy i might not aim to the same spot so I do use it and after that they might get to chase it once maybe twice depends but then after that there's a lot of other type of games so if the ball has a string with a bit of tug if the ball has um if otherwise I'll, I'll throw it to them and they catch it so they just have to do a little jump to catch it or i roll it on the floor towards them and they have to stop it um so they do play kind of kind of um Ship ball, I throw it and they stop it. Um, I do use the ball in other type of contacts when I need to do some training at distance, but it's involving training. So the ball becomes a reward and I do throw it in a way that I make sure that my dogs are not twisting, turning, jumping too much. I do have a couple of balls that are heavy on a string. They're called, um, they are from Gapai. They're very resistant. I have, I've had one for 10 years. And I do sometimes throw it. <clears throat> I make sure that I throw it so far because it's so heavy that I can, that it lands on the floor before my dog reach there. So my dogs know where it's landed. And most of the time they go sniff for it. Sometimes it happens that it bounces in the front of them and they catch it in the air, but I try to avoid that if possible. Um, now let's go and pick the canine arthritis management. <coughs> very sorry about this <clears throat> and I'm just going to read what is ball chasing really doing to your dogs how about the muscle so the unpredictable actions such as breaking twisting and landing can result in muscle being put under stresses that they aren't designed for high speeds can double the forces generated in the muscles breaking is thought to be the most dangerous part of ball chasing, often responsible for shoulder injuries. So this is what the muscles are going through when you do a lot of repetitive ball chasing. What about their joints? So repeated, rep uh, repeated microtrauma to muscles and cartilage is cause for long-term damage. Chasing and even carrying items like a ball can shift your dog weight distribution to their front legs, putting excessive weight um, through the joint of the front legs. Joints weakened by arthritis will be especially prone to further damage. So you might not even know because you've not x-rayed your dogs that your dog has arthritis because of hip or elbow dysplasia. And I see this very, very often, even in young dogs, undiagnosed because they don't show pain. Um, they might show behavior changes, but not pain because dogs are strong. So 
you know, by playing ball repetitively, you actually injured your dog's joint long term. What about the brain? What is ball chasing really doing to your dog's brain? Repetitive ball chasing can lead to prolonged adrenaline release. Cortisol release can lead to frustration, frantic behavior, even be detrimental to long-term health. A high-drive dog with significant joint disease may continue to perform reward-based tasks like ball chasing despite pain. When we shared this, um, and another nice article, one of my moderators shared this in our uh, free group, um, someone came and said, oh, but they're border collies, they are designed to chase. And I differ. I, I just, I, I don't believe that's true. Um, even a working dog, chasing will be a small part of their daily work. The only time a border collie will chase the sheep to stop them from running away is when they have to outrun the sheep, go and fetch the sheep back to the handler. And that happens only in situations where they need to go and get some sheep far away. Um, or stop the sheep from running away. Most of the dog work after that is stalking and creeping, which don't release adrenaline and cortisol, but they release dopamine. So a working dog will not spend their time producing adrenaline and cortisol from the chase. Chase is only a small part of their work. And this is why when you get a border collie from farm lines and you get them tired by chasing ball continuously, you're actually activating a very dangerous pattern of behavior. And this is the main reason I have to stop my students playing repetitive ball chasing. That continuous chase is only going to reinforce, not create. You can't create chasing. They are dogs that are bred to, like every dog, they go through a predatory sequence. We're not going to talk about this too much today because it's going to be next week main topic on the podcast. But repetitive um, but the, pre pre the predatory sequence uh, start with um, orientation towards the prey, then there is the stalking, then there is the creeping, and then there is the chase. Border collies do repeat this a lot, different parts of the sequence in their work. When you play with the ball, the chase is always the same one that gets repeated. They might do a bit of stalk, but most of the time there is that chase and chase and chase. So what you're doing, you're reinforcing only the chase part by producing a lot of adrenaline, a lot of cortisol. So when your dogs, your young dogs start doing this over and over again, suddenly they see a bike going past, they see a car going past, they see something, a bird, their brain is being trained to respond to the movement of something running away from you. So they make no difference between the ball, the car, the bike, the jogger, the, the bird. And they will start chasing things that you have no control of. And this is the main reason I stop my students to play ball repetitively with their dogs. It doesn't mean that the dogs is never allowed to play ball again, but it's in a way, it, it's, it's that high intensity exercise that they do every other day, once a week, twice a week, maybe in a structured way, in a safe place, with included some other training before, during and after, never on its own. So after I do ball chasing, if I do ball chasing every now and then with my dogs, I do then do a lot of scatter feeding to calm them down. Scatter feeding means just chucking food on the floor for the dog to sniff out, even in a big area. What does cre that creates? That helps to reducing cortisol, 
by adding the sniffing behavior and the eating behavior that actually produce again dopamine. So I'm trying to fight that cortisol and adrenaline that have been built in the chase by giving them an activity that helps contrasting that those two hormones. So I take home dogs that are not as hyped because they've had a chance to come down after high intensity. Um, so from a behavior point of view, um, repetitive ball chasing, going out with the dogs every day and throwing that ball to me is not only not helping their body as the canine arthritis management page is telling you, but it's also not really helping your dog behavior towards chasing unwanted objects. Um, so just to finish what you can do instead, still um, suggested by the canine arthritis management, make sure you have a short warm-up period before more intense exercise. So for example, don't just go out in the garden and throw the ball to your dog because they've been sleeping, they have cold muscles and that is even worse. That's what I'm telling you. Not That's not written there, but I'm telling you that. So if I do go out and play ball with my dogs, then I go walking somewhere. They are walked, they go around a bit on their own and then the ball comes out. So then I make sure that they've warmed up their muscles. Only ever throw a ball a short distance on surfaces that avoid slipping and sliding. Very important, don't play in the house. Don't play on concrete. Play where it's soft if you have to play. Throw below weight height as to avoid jumping and don't do it repetitively, as we already said. Consider alternative like scent work, varying location of the walk, keep things exciting or playing hide and seek with a ball rather than playing fetch. Um, so yeah, so you know you can play with the ball and the ball can also have a string so you can do a bit of tugging at the end of it. You can hide the ball so they can find it, come back, maybe do one throw and then go back to calmer activities. So I do use the ball Sometimes I throw a ball sometimes to my dogs, but it's also it's always once, maybe twice, and then we go back to do a bit of catching, a bit of hiding, a bit of rolling the ball on the floor so they have to stop it. So the ball can be used in different ways if you really need to use it. Another important part of the ball is not available to my dogs. They have some balls available in the garden. They are balls that they do play with without me. They chew them. They throw them themselves, they chase each other with it, but we don't throw balls that they're available to them all day um, because that can create also um, a lot of OCD tendencies towards the ball. So bringing the ball and wanting you to throw it, barking at you because you don't throw it. I work with a couple of students that have this at the moment. They've been exercising the garden with a ball to get them tired. What you've caused is a lot of expectation. And when you don't throw the ball, the dog is barking at you because they want to throw the ball. So we have to work now to teach the dog to offer alternative behaviors. And I assure you, it's not an easy path. Um, it's going to take time, effort, and a lot of commitments from the owner. Um, so yeah, repetitive ball chasing. And I want to stress repetitive ball chasing is not good for your dog's physical being, but also for your dog's mental being, well-being. Um, it doesn't help with unwanted chasing behaviors towards objects that you have no control of, actually is reinforcing that chasing. So if you have a dog that is already displaying ball, car chasing, bike chasing, is not by throwing the ball over and over again. You're going to get them satisfied. You're going to actually activate even more need to, play, to, to chase something that is running away from you. There are millions of other ways that I'm definitely going to talk about eventually 
on episodes, on all these episodes on how to help dogs with these repetitive car chasing behaviors. I've got a, another amazing trainer coming on a bit later in the next months or so. We're going to talk about this a lot. And there are other ways to help with that. Ball chasing definitely doesn't help. And in anything, it makes it worse. Um, if you have a friend with a dog, it doesn't have to be a border collie that does a lot of ball chasing and repetitive ball chasing. Share this episode with them. Um, try to help them understand why from a physical point of view is not good. You know, you're going to create more problems than anything else. You're going to injure your dogs if you do repetitive ball chasing. They're going to have arthritis very young because of that. Um, you're going to have to treat for pain. And some dogs with really severe arthritis have to be put to sleep earlier in life because of that. Because even the pain can't help them because you've got joints that are not able to function anymore. Um, also, by playing ball, you can injure your dog even a short term. That means resting in a crate. That means not being able to fo- go for walks. That means that your dog is not able to enjoy their life just because you've played ball a bit too much. Um, so there's a lot of reason why I don't do it. I don't want my dogs to get injured. I don't want my dogs to have to then stay home and, and, and rest for months just because I've thrown a ball. And it, it can happen. You know, a wrong jump, a wrong twist, and your dog is injured. Um if you've got any further question, I'm going to link you the canine arthritis management page so you can go and read. I'm hoping to have them eventually and ask them to be my guest in the future to talk about this a bit more from a more scientific point of view, from a medical point of view, someone that is actually trained for these things. Um, so, yeah, if you've got a dog that plays ball repetitively, you don't have to completely throw away all your balls in the bin, but do it in a different way and do it in a secure way and do it once a week maybe twice a week it doesn't have to be your daily exercise for your dog take them for a walk do scent work do tricks training do scatter feeding in the garden there are a lot of other activities that you can do in alternative to that to tire them out yeah reach out to a trainer and tell them i have a dog that needs exercise how do i do it and if you need ways you can always come and join me at the, the All-In Academies. We have the module for tricks. We have the module for scent work. Um, th- there's so we're doing distance control now where I use a ball as a reward um, and it's going to be in there as well. So I do use a ball, but I use it as a reward for training, not just as a repetitive chase away from me exercise. I hope this was good and it was clear enough and please share it with as many people as you know that are doing this with their dogs just to share with them the risks of this activity um, not just for border collies really have a nice day everyone i'll talk to you in the next episode thank you for listening to the border collie geek podcast if you want to know more about my work and how i can help you with your border collie visit www.dattledoacademy.com or follow me on Facebook and Instagram.